0: Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Dr. Stephanie Hutchins, founder of Serotonous Life and author of Transformation After Trauma, Embracing Post-Traumatic Growth. Now, today we're discussing how hardships impact your ability to achieve goals and the importance of personal development and how to incorporate daily self-care, even when you feel like you don't have time. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful to be able to be here today. Let me tell you, I'm so glad to have you here. And it is so good to have you discuss these topics because there's so much going on and we have stress over stress and we are struggling with sleep and we're struggling with just the day-to-day things in our lives and we can't be what we call productive because we're spinning circles and we're doing things like toxic productivity instead of actually enjoying our lives. So can you go in deeper and tell us how can hardships and trauma impact a person's ability to actually achieve their goals?
1: Oh, wow. So as part of it depends on stress or trauma that you've experienced, but in general, just being able to trust ourselves and our instincts, that I find is really difficult when you look at a really, really hard experience that you're going through and you start combing through the experience and looking at what you could have done differently. Mm. So the outcome was different. And what people don't understand is this is actually very normal to look over experiences that have been harmful to us and painful to us so we can realize similar experiences in the future and avoid them. And so when we are like replaying difficult um, interactions with people or really hurtful experiences in our life, part of it is something that we've evolved to do to be able to better adapt. If we continually replay the events that have been really hurtful to us, we can start looking at, in many ways, judging ourselves how we could have acted differently and what we could have done to not experience so much pain. And what that begins to do to us sometimes is it starts to break apart our ability to trust our actual instincts. And what that can do is make it so we are more timid in taking steps towards Mm. our future goals because we're afraid that we're going to make another mistake and we're afraid of experience pain again. And because, again, our brain is constantly looking for ways to keep us from harm. If we get into that trap of we're afraid of going forward, our brain holds on to it and says, Yes, it's like re- you're reaffirming to your brain, it has every reason to be afraid. And it's almost like the more you keep replaying that, the more scared you are of moving forward. And, and you start losing confidence in your ability to do things afraid. And, and it really can hinder people in changing jobs and going back to school and leaving relationships or setting boundaries in relationships that are toxic to them. It it can be really challenging when your confidence and your ability to trust yourself have been broken in many ways. Okay. So how do you actually move from that and grow? I think one thing I, I guess I would, I always start when people ask, like, how do you move forward? The first thing I always have to ask people when they Ask how do I move forward? I always have to ask them, do you want to move forward? Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I asked all the time because I focus on working with people with trauma. People ask me all the time, how do I help people overcome trauma? And I have to tell them, the, the people that ask me this, the people you're working with have to want to change. Because sometimes being in that place pain and sorrow, sometimes it gives people immense attention from the outside world, sympathy. And if people were lacking this in much of their life and they felt neglected and insignificant, and now they're getting all this attention they never got before, they may not want to move out of this position of pain. And so that is the first thing that, you know, so if I'm working with a client and they're feeling stuck and they're wanting to move forward we really have to evaluate why are they still there and why have they been here this mm. long and what have they gained by staying in this place and sometimes it's just comfort mm-hmm. of the known they get to stay in their safe little bubble and even though some parts may be uncomfortable that world outside of their bubble is scary so what they get is just the comfort of that they know what's in their surroundings right now and they're too scared of what the unknown may bring and so i think acknowledging that of it, that you want to change but then also realizing like what would be different If you were to change, if you were to change your life circumstances and what I often have people do because I practice neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, and in NLP, we spend a lot of time focusing on people like really immersing themselves in different sensations. And so I really have people look like if they're wanting to make a change to really envision what their life would be like. If they achieved that goal they're looking for, for your listeners, let's say they're wanting to change careers or again, go back to school or or leave a relationship or start a new relationship, really sitting and thinking about sitting by yourself and thinking about what would your life be like Mm -hmm. in this new situation? What would it feel like in your body, in your heart, in your mind? And then to go to the complete flip side of that and saying, what would your life be like if you stay in this exact situation for the next year, two years, five years, 10 years, and sometimes just being in that feeling of yuck of staying in the same place can be enough to cause people to want to catapult forward and run the heck out of that space. Exactly.
0: And it's so interesting that you say these things because so many of us have limiting beliefs, but we don't know it. And what's really interesting is you have a blog post on your website, which will be listed in the show notes, but you have a blog post that's very interesting because you say some of the limiting beliefs are certain things like, I don't have time, or um, we know things like, I must not, I must not, I'm not very smart. I'm not, we know those limiting beliefs, but saying something like, I don't have time, or I must clean the house today, or... I must do well on this exam or something like that actually are statements
1: of limiting beliefs. How can we fix it? I truly believe we can't fix anything until we first become aware that it's a problem. Mm -hmm. So listeners, a lot of people say it, I don't have time. Yeah, We hear it all of the time. I'm too busy. There's not enough time in the day. And what they're not realizing is those are limiting beliefs of saying, you don't have enough time. I'm too busy. And why they are considered to be limiting beliefs is because they limit you. That's what limiting beliefs are, are beliefs that limit you in some way. And if you're trying to move forward in your life and achieve different goals, let's say in your career, for example, but you continually say, I don't have time. I'm too busy to do this. You are immediately stopping yourself from any, like you're putting up a wall and saying, it is impossible for me to achieve this goal because I have this like, obstacle i don't have enough time and and what people need to realize is that by just shifting your language a little bit it can open you up to be, so you're more resourceful in NLP. We talk a lot about unresourceful states and resourceful states. So unresourceful states are states where you don't have options. You're limited, and when you constantly repeat limiting beliefs like "I'm too busy," "I don't have enough time," it's keeping you stuck in an unresourceful state. It's telling mm-hmm. you are constantly telling yourself you don't have options. You are stuck here. Whereas resourceful states are states where you feel that there's opportunity for change and for growth. And so by just changing your language, the words that you tell yourself, it can start opening up your mind to new possibilities. So for example, I encourage people a lot of times to even take ownership of like choices that they've made in their life and looking at where they are choosing to place their time. So it can be very empowering to say, I am choosing to spend time with my family. I am choosing to spend time on bettering myself in my career or building my savings so I can launch my business and in really doing little shifts there. And then also saying, looking at like things realistically, like challenging those beliefs and saying, if you constantly say, I don't have enough time, Like one way I I encourage people to approach that is to challenge that belief and see, is it actually true that you don't have time and see where you do actually have pockets of time in your day. And if you're wanting to, I'll work with people that are are trying to develop a side business, like a network marketing business, for example, and they'll say, I have no time to start this business what they don't realize is that sometimes it just take pockets of time, like 10 or 15 minutes of time in a day, instead of shifting your perspective to looking at times as little intervals right. and saying, saying, I may not have an hour, but do I have 15 minutes?
0: Exactly. Not- what I think is really interesting is that sometimes we say we don't have time, but we always have time for what we have to get done. For things that are truly important to us, somehow we, we make the time for that. And I think that sometimes we don't put enough value on whatever it is that we say that we want to do. We don't value it enough to make the time because we'll find those 10 minute pockets. We'll find those five minute pockets. So I think sometimes, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's also evaluating what it is that you're saying you don't have time to do. Yeah,
1: I think, and I think that's why it's really important. I think it really comes back to this whole idea. Are you, do you want to change and does it matter enough to you? Are you so comfortable in your current circumstances that changing doesn't matter? matter. And if it matters enough, if your why is strong enough, you can really achieve anything you want to achieve. But sometimes we say we want to clean the house, but we, we don't want to actually do it. The only reason we right. want to do it is because we don't want to be judged by our family or friends that are going to be coming over. Exactly. You know? That's exactly where I'm going. Because a lot of times we really,
0: because I know I've done it plenty of times where i I don't have time to do this in my mind. And I know all of the language. I am totally 100% aware what the the language that I'm using and that I can find time to do it. I just don't really want to do it. So I'm now saying, you know what? I chose to do something else. I didn't want to clean the house today, (laughs) but that's when self-discipline has to kick in. And I say, Yet I spent 10 minutes, I set it up put it on the clock and I did go ahead and do these things. And so I think that is very important that we go back around to, do you really want to move past this? Stephanie, tell us about this. What about fear? For example, a lot of people want to start a new business or they want to do things, but they have fears again, going back to that, that self-limiting belief that they don't know what they have. So they really feel like, yeah, I want to do this, but how do you move past the fear.
1: Yeah. So I think a lot of this requires like self-reflection and being quiet Mm. when really thinking through these things. We don't take time (laughs) here. We don't take the time because we're always saying we're too busy. We also say we're too busy to sit and think, but I really think that it takes reflection to think about. Even it doesn't even have to be like sitting like just at your desk, although that's ideal. A lot of us spend a lot of time in the car or cleaning. I encourage people when they're doing another activity to turn off the TV or their phone or music so they can just be in silence and in their head and actually thinking through what they're scared about. If they are like really convinced they wanna move forward, I hear this all the time, they are ready to move forward, but they are just so darn scared of taking that first step and I really have them think about what is it that they're afraid of? Are they afraid of how they're going to be judged by other people? Are they afraid of people in their life leaving them or criticizing them? Like really, what is it and name it. Like you think that really takes honest reflection of saying, what am I scared of? Why am I not taking this step? What is stopping me? Because once you can identify it, you can clear it out of the way or you can devise a plan of action of how to navigate around that obstacle. But that takes quiet reflection. What is your fear? And then you can start addressing it if you have financial fears, if you're changing careers or you want to dedicate more time to a business or whatever it may be. These are like legitimate concerns. So, like, some things, so I never want to dismiss anybody's fears because some of these fears are truly legitimate and need to be examined. But again, it takes time to examine some of these things. But once you realize that why you're not moving forward because you have financial worries or you're scared of how some somebody in your family might react, you can figure out a way to handle that. So if it's that you want to go full-time into business, but you need a certain amount of money in your savings to feel secure to take that leap will you start devising a plan to create that nest egg right. to create that safety net if you're afraid of how somebody's going to respond you can create a plan to sit down and talk to them about right. like once you name the fear you can create a plan to move through it exactly mm-hmm. what's really important too is that some
0: of us are so stressed out and it's be like it's not even fear it's not anything else we just have are just anxious. And that is why self-care is so important, but you have something that you love to discuss and it's the three-part breath. So tell us a little bit about the three-part breath and how we can
1: implement this process and this practice. So a lot of times when we get really stressed and overwhelmed and develop a lot of anxiety, it's over concerns of what is out of our control. We're starting to feel like we're losing control. And I am a huge fan of simple techniques that allow us to regain a sense of control very quickly. And changing our breathing is one of the most effective ways to bring down heart rate, respiratory rate, and to control the stress response. I taught anatomy and physiology for many years, and I'm also a yoga instructor. So the three-part breath is a yoga breath. And and because I, I understand about the body, I understand why it's so powerful. And
0: you understand so, it on so many different levels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and
1: I just love, love, love this breath. And so some of you may be driving or doing other activities. If you're driving, of course, do what you can safely, and, and you can try it at home another time if you can't practice fun in your current place, but what I encourage people to do is to take one um, or both hands and place them on their belly because the first part of the three-part breath involves breathing. I specifically mean inhaling into the belly. Some odd reason we have equated deep breaths with sucking in our stomach and expanding our chest. And actually from an anatomical perspective, it is the least efficient way to take a deep breath. In order to allow our lungs to fully expand, we need our diaphragm to contract and drop down. But if we contract our abdominal muscles, our organs have no place to go. So our diaphragm gets stuck and our lungs can't fully expand. So we are limiting our inhalation when we keep our abdomen contracted. So what I encourage you to do is when you're inhaling, actually focus on the breath and feeling your belly expand on inhale, okay? On the exhale, you want the belly to come in. And so it's inhale, belly comes out, and it's exhale, belly comes in. Again, if you've never practiced breathing into your belly before, this may be challenging. And I encourage you just to stay here. You don't even need to move farther from here, actually, ever. And you can gain (laughs) immense benefit by just staying here. And what I'm going to tell you, because I do this in workshops all the time, and for Pre-pandemic, particularly. Mm-hmm. But when I was in live workshops, a lot of the people that um, would wear like the smartwatches, mm-hmm. they would notice that even within a minute or two of doing the even just the belly breathing, that their heart rate would start to come down. And it's that quick. Like within a minute or two, your heart rate can come down, your respiratory rate can come down, and the level of stress hormones that are stimulating the anxiety and the stress response can start to come down. And I won't go into all the science behind it, but it makes sense completely from an anatomical (laughs) and physiological level. And then if you feel comfortable moving on, I encourage people to take one or both of their hands and place them like in the bottom of their rib cage. And so the second part involves expanding the rib cage. And so you go inhale, belly out, and then ribs out, And then you do the opposite on the exhale, ribs down, belly in. So you're reversing the order. See, what you guys have to understand is you're trying to increase the amount of oxygen that's coming into your lungs as much as possible. You need to allow your lungs to expand as much as they can. So that means expanding your belly, expanding your rib cage, and expanding your chest. And the more oxygen you have, the more energy you're going to have. And the greater, the more, the greater the delivery of oxygen to not only all your cells, but your brain. And so even doing a few minutes of like deep breathing, even just belly breathing can increase your sense of clarity and your ability of focus and and regain your sense of control in that moment. So it's really powerful. Yeah. And so the third part is going into the chest, take one or both hands and place them right below your collarbone. So right near your heart space, that's the third place that you want to expand. So it goes belly out, ribs out, chest up. So you're expanding everything that's possible to expand (laughs) for the lungs. And then on the exhale, it's chest down, ribs in belly in. And I will warn people that again, who have not practiced moving into the ribs and chest can feel. Uncomfortable, partly because they've never tried it. The muscles and the connective tissue aren't used to stretching that much, so they might feel uncomfortable. So if it feels uncomfortable, just go back to the belly. I'm standing up, laying down, or is there any? (laughs) What is the beauty of this (laughs) breathing technique? It's completely portable. So if you are in the car driving and somebody just cut you off and you are ticked off, or you just got a phone call that really infuriated you, you can do it sitting in the car. If you are in line at the grocery store and you are have a place, you have a meeting to go to, and there's this huge long line, you can do it standing in place at the grocery store. You can do it at work. You can do it when you're walking. You can do it lying in bed before you go to sleep at night to relax you. And it's, you really can do it anywhere. And you only literally have to do it for a minute and you will gain benefit. You can also treat it though as a meditation um, because meditation is coming to a single point of focus. Mm -hmm. And many people use their breath as a point of focus. And so if you want to meditate and you're just trying out meditation, you can set your timer for two minutes, five minutes, or 10 minutes, and just work on doing this breath and then taking inventory of how do you feel. After. And I think that's really powerful to notice that you could do something so simple and regain a sense of calm and clarity within minutes. And it it is so empowering to know that we can regain control so quickly and not need anything besides our body. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which we carry everywhere. (laughs) Exactly. We love this information, but uh, Stephanie, you
0: have given us so much already, but we always want more. Of course we all do. (laughs) So this is the part of the show and it's our mentoring moment segment. And this is just where I ask you a thought provoking question. That you can just inspire us all. And it is if you had one word to speak today, what
1: would that word be? I think compassion. Oh, beautiful. yeah. And I, I think it's relatable on all levels, particularly when we talk about stress. I think it's mm-hmm. we've got to practice compassion with ourselves like i truly believe that we're all doing the very best we can with the knowledge and resources we have at that time and If that is true, and again, I believe that's true, that means that even when you are not what you may consider your best self, you are doing the very best you can. If you have a family and a career and children and all of these, whether or other kinds of obligations, and you are dropping balls or you can't keep your house perfectly clean, or you just can't do everything. It's about treating yourself with compassion and saying, I am doing the best. I can. And yes, maybe there's tweaks that you can do. So you're not so overwhelmed, but in that moment, it's about self-preservation and not beating yourself up because if you beat yourself up, that is going to put you in an unresourceful state and it's going to make you feel stuck, like you don't have options. But reminding yourself that you are deserving of compassion and kindness Mm -hmm. and that you're doing the best you can, then it means you have options and that tomorrow's a new day or the next hour's a new hour and you can just do better then. And I think the word compassion can also extend to the people around us. If we're doing the best we can, that means everyone around us is doing the very best they can as well with the knowledge and resources they have. How would they, how would your interaction with them change if you started to look at why are they acting this way? And maybe they have something heavy they're carrying and they can't share it. And maybe they're just doing the very best we can. We have to realize we have a lot of stress in our life because of how other people act. If we could start looking at everyone with compassion and realizing they're just doing the best they can, we could Take off a little bit of that stress and saying, Yeah, they weren't acting in a way that maybe necessarily I liked, but maybe they were just doing the best they could given what they were experiencing and release some of that pressure off from you to carry that stress around all day. We carry stress all day sometimes from people that upset us. And sometimes they upset us for reasons that we aren't aware of. They're carrying Mm -hmm. pain that we just have no idea about and just treating everybody with compassion can really, I think, change how we, all of us experience life. (laughs) Yes. I love
0: that. I love compassion and that is beautiful. And I believe that our audience is going to be so enlightened just from this conversation and will walk away with some great takeaways as to what they can do just to feel better just today. Even if it's, you have to start one day and just make that one day today. I'm interested in knowing what our audience is thinking. If you're listening in real time, you can go to the IG stories at totalfitbosschick.com. If you're listening in real time, you can go to the IG stories at totalfitbosschick, and we will have this poll question posted. Have you ever struggled with limiting belief? And if you aren't listening in real time, no worries. Check the IG highlights for the responses to the poll questions, and you can still weigh in to see the results. And guys, I know you want to get in touch with Stephanie and she will want to hear from you. So Stephanie, please let everyone know what's the best way for them to get in touch with
1: you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, my most used platform is Facebook and you can find me by typing in my name, Stephanie M. Hutchins, PhD, or typing in at Serotonous Life. But what you'll see on Facebook, you'll see my website, serotonouslife.com. And I know it's difficult to spell. And I will have it in the <laughs> yeah, show notes. Oh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. So you're feel free to... Um, send me an email or send me a, a message on Facebook or even Instagram, any of those social media platforms. And I'd be more than happy to answer any questions you have. Thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us so much of your amazing knowledge. You're very welcome. I'm happy to be here.
0: As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love. And rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash total fit boss chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Bye for now.